Show number 136 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Here we are. <laughs> First of all, happy Shatner Day. Is it Shatner Day? It's Saturday, which we have renamed Shatner Day. Oh, okay. That's yes. fine. I like that. I okay. like that very much. And we should also say, for the benefit of our listeners, you're still here. You're still here, but not for much longer. Not for much longer, because you have you found a place to live. Yes, so if you still want to get into the, uh, the pool, which almost no one's in, <laughs> so it's wide open, it will be between October 15th mm-hmm. and, like, October... 28th, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. So if you still want to guess the day that Kitty actually gets on the plane <laughs> and flies off to the big city. With Jack the podcasting dog. With Jack the podcasting dog as my co-pilot. Yes. <laughs> you can do that. Mm-hmm. But first, and so important, I have a present <gasps> for Lena. And I want to tell you, yes, uh, this is something I have. Oh. And I decided you should have one, oh, too. Oh, okay. Is it like the truffle salt? Because I love that gift. Well, <laughs> probably not as tasty. But I want you to close your eyes <gasps> okay. and hold out your hands okay. while I get it out. Those things have happened. My eyes are closed. My hands okay. are held out. Here it comes. Oh, Ooh, now it feels you like a book. open your eyes. Oh, thank you. Yay. It's Bill's book. Me so horny. Eee. And I actually put an inscription in it. Did you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, did, I knew you would enjoy it. <laughs> Should I read it? Sure. I have been and always shall be your friend. And then there's a spoiler space that says spoiler space <laughs> on it. And then it says, and I don't give a shit who knows it. <laughs> I thought that just summed up everything. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. You're this very is great. Welcome. This is wonderful. I, I really look forward to reading this. And there's some great pictures. Of and course. Bill wrote the captions for the pictures, so some of them are, are pretty funny. Oh, this is so awesome. Ooh, so much Bill wrapped up all in one book. Yep. Wow. Oh, look at him being Alexander. Look at him all. And he's all shattered and, and pointing. And pointing. pointing. <laughs> being all pointy. This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm very happy. I knew you would be. I don't have anything for you. That's okay. Except I've I've kind of owed you since your birthday. Please. I also want to show you something else that I just found on the internet. Yay! I love the internet. Oh, I do too. And this is um, from the person, her blog, who her name is Time Lady, who invented the expression "Happy Shatner Day." And apparently, on every Saturday. She um, posts something, Shatnerish. So here is, I believe, today's. Oh, so it's a it's a picture from um, the Nazi episode, and it's Kirk and Spock in prison, of course, shirtless, talking yes. to each other, where no man has gone before. And then it says, "Not that there's anything wrong with that." <laughs> I like it. That's brilliant. Can you put that up on the blog, maybe? Okay. I think that would be great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that that can also be, in addition to humorous, it can be timely because it can be um, our our protest against all the the gay hating that's been going on. That is true. That is very very true. upsetting. But um, I do I do like the guy in the background who's watching. Yeah, of course. You know, he does a lot of watching in that yeah, episode. Yeah, it, it adds a, a, an extra level of kink, which. <laughs> 
as if having people walking around in Nazi uniforms. Yeah. I and mean, then that's the, a kink anyway, right? And then right? the handcuffs and yeah. just everything. And um, the, the whip marks, yeah. which um, were obviously made with magic marker. Yes. <laughs> Definitely magic marker. <laughs> and you know what I love about that whipping scene is, you know, they're whipping them and Spock is just like, ho-hum. And Kirk, you know, being mm. human, is, is feeling some pain. But his reaction to the pain of this whip is like a mosquito bite, you know, kind of, ow. <laughs> but he's Captain Kirk. He's Captain Kirk. Stop it. <laughs> I'm Captain Kirk. I have other things to do. Yes. Oh, that's very then funny. Then stand here and do snappy banter and be whipped. <laughs> I, I like that very much. That's a great image. Oh, you know what else I was going to tell you? Yes. Um, well, let me find the picture. Okay. It's in the book that I just gave you. Okay. But it per pertains to our blog. Oh. Because um, I had posted that picture about Bill's wife, you know, now having a winery. Yes. And that, that picture of him with the horse. And somebody said, I think that's his hat from, <laughs> from Big, Big Bad, Bad Mama. <laughs> well, in here he calls it Big Bad Movie, but it is. It is that hat. Oh, it it's the same hat. The it's hat. probably the same hat. So like it, he, he just saved it. I it's think. his lucky hat. Yeah. Because he got lucky. Yeah. Not only did he do Angie Dickinson, he got to be naked on camera with her. Yeah. And I think most ex experiences are enhanced for Bill if they're on camera. I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. He likes that. Yeah. Um, on a totally unrelated subject, I'll, I'll just tell you this before I forget. I, uh, through my contacts, have submitted our question about the Star Trek movie that never got made to Harv Bennett. So we might be getting an answer. Oh, great. Yes. Um, somebody had sent us a link to, um, to a plot synopsis of a proposed uh, Academy movie mm -hmm. that apparently was proposed around that same time, and they were saying they thought it was the Harv Bennett one, but I didn't see this, this very touching love story in it. So Well, that's what I asked him about. Good. I just said, you know... We would love to know if you can give us any details. So we'll see when and if we get an answer. You know, yeah, he, he's a busy guy, and one one doesn't want to presume too much about people's friendships. But yes, we, yes. Might, we might get an answer, which would be an exclusive. It would completely <sighs> be a look at his butt exclusive. No one else would have this information. That would be great. Yeah. Now, um, Bill's ten questions did appear in Time magazine, mm -hmm. and as I thought, they appeared the week that the show debuted. Mm -hmm. Shit, my dad says, yeah. and he did not answer my question. But we're still holding out for the New York Newsday one, mm -hmm. where my question was, have you ever thrown up on a dolphin? Mm -hmm. Which I really, really hope he will answer. <laughs> he might just do that. He might just do that. Yeah. That's so great. should we talk a little about his new show? You're going to have to do most of the talking because I haven't seen any of it. Okay. I saw the first one, mm -hmm. and um, it was okay. Mm -hmm. It's obviously still finding its legs. And I am reassured by the fact that I remember watching the premiere or whatever they call it episode of several comedy shows that mm -hmm. became classics, including the Mary Tyler Moore mm -hmm. show. And I thought, oh, God. Seinfeld wasn't funny until the second year. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, this was like, okay, you could, you know, it was just sort of, you know, exposition. It was mm -hmm. the exposition police episode. I missed the second one because I was in Chicago apartment hunting. Mm -hmm. But I did get to see the third one. Mm -hmm. And it was muchly improved. Oh, good. And they did some very smart things. In the first episode, Ed, that's Bill's character, had gone to the DMV to get his license renewed and totally flunked the test. Um, and he got this very nice homosexual who worked at the DMV mm -hmm. 
to, you know, he talked to him and, and told him, you know, he has no relationship with his family, so nobody can drive him around, and blah, blah, blah. And so the guy helped him on the mm -hmm. test. And it was um, the guy playing the, the DMV homosexual, and I keep saying that because that's how they refer to him, <laughs> the very nice homosexual, the DMV. Um, his name is Tim, the actor's name is Tim, and he was on Will and Grace frequently oh. as um, one of Will's friends, a, a, a gay couple that mm -hmm. had a little girl. I forget their names, but he's a very good actor. So in the third episode, they brought him back. Oh, good. And this episode really was funny because um, Bill and his son went to Bill's favorite restaurant, which is a pancake house. Mm -hmm. And he's been going there for years and years and years, but he is unaware that it has turned into a gay pancake house. <laughs> a gay pancake house. <laughs> and all of the, the waiters are in cowboy outfits. Oh, that's so funny. And Tim is the waiter. <gasps> Oh. Because he got fired for helping Ed on oh, wow. his test. So now he's a waiter at the Gay Pancake House. And Bill's son is saying, you should at least apologize. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I haven't done anything wrong. So that's like the premise of the episode. But there were some very funny lines. There was a wonderful scene where Ed went to Tim's apartment and said, how much will I have to pay you to tell my son I apologize to you? And he's going, why don't you just apologize? Well, no, I'm not going to apologize. And the guy goes, a million dollars. But it was a really funny scene because um, at the Gay Pancake House, mm -hmm. every time somebody says something with a double entendre, all of the, the waiters had some you know shout they do, mm -hmm. and I can't remember what it was. And so at one point during this scene, Bill does that shout, <laughs> and, and Tim goes, no. That, that wasn't the right time. Well, at the end of the scene, he did it again, and they both did it because uh. it was the right time. And to see Bill, you rarely see him in a role where he's smiling uh -huh. that big and uh -huh. laughing. And so the chemistry be between the two of them was great. And then at the end of the episode, we find out he has hired Tim as a maid. Really? And I'm hoping Tim is a permanent oh, part of the show. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yes. Oh. Yes. How are the other people on the show? Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, you know, the son, he's just like, and I don't mean to make a pun here, he's a straight man. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just there kind of bugging his dad. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe he'll develop. And then there's another brother who is a half-brother because uh, Ed has had two marriages mm -hmm. that failed. Um, and his wife. And his wife, I, I forget the name, it's a blonde actress who was it's, on Mad TV. It's Nicole Sullivan. Thank you. She's very funny. I've seen her in a lot of things. And oh, she's yeah. She's really good. She's really good, and she was really good on Mad TV. Right now, they're sort of like not really in the show. They mm -hmm. have scenes, but it doesn't really contribute or fit in with whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's got to kind of gel. Mm -hmm. But, you know, based on what I saw between from the first to the third, having missed the second, so I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, it's got some potential, and I've been reading some things, and, you know, the critics are still saying, you know, it's just very standard sitcom, but Shatner has enough appeal to at least let it run a year, which mm -hmm. I think is good, because, as you said, Seinfeld was not funny until the second year. Mm -hmm. The Mary Tyler Moore show was not funny for the first season, mm -hmm. not really, and a lot of, you know, other things like that just really needed a yeah. chance to find their yeah, legs, yeah. so... Um, I'm basically kind of positive about that. It's really fun to see Bill doing an out-and-out -out comic role. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, the son again or somebody did a Shatner impression, and they've, they've got to give that up. They did it in the first episode, too. That joke's over. Mm -hmm. But um, 
That's good. Well, I'd like to see it. I'll probably end up watching it on Hulu or something. Yeah, yeah. So I could at least see what everybody's talking about. Yes, and like I said, it had some, one line I have to share with you because it was so funny. I can't remember what they were talking about, but the son was, you know, bitching at, mm -hmm. at Bill about his treatment of the waiter or whatever. And, uh, and, and Bill said, well, that's against the Geneva Convention. And the son goes, the Geneva, the Geneva Convention does not apply to pancake houses. And Bill says, it applies to an international house of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you would like that since you and I are IHOP junkies. <laughs> that's really funny. Okay, yeah. that's a very funny joke. It is. Oh, that's great. And did, did he deliver that straight-faced? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things is... Uh, that's why it was so much fun when he was actually laughing and making a joke that mm -hmm. he knew was funny. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, he's just the character yeah. is saying these things and doesn't, doesn't know how funny mm -hmm. he is. That's great. Yes. Okay. Yay! So, Bill fans, you should be following this. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's another wonderful side of Bill, just not as astonishing as the Denny Crane mm -hmm. character was to all of us. But still... It's Bill. It's, it's Bill out there giving 110% and making it work. Of course. And I think having a real good time. I'm sure he is. It looks like it. he's been tweeting about it a lot uh -huh. and providing links to interviews and things. And it does look like he's having a good time. Of course, he's doing 7,000 other things at the same time, oh, yeah. too, like competing in horse shows and appearing at ceremonies and getting awards and just constantly, constantly doing mm -hmm. stuff. He's just, he's just out there. He's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere. Uh, well, thank you for that report. You're welcome. <laughs> that, was our, that was TV corner time. Okay, so okay. Um, I have a couple things I'd like to talk about quickly. Do any of these fall under the category, oh, fuck yes? Because um, <laughs> that's my new favorite category. It is a good category. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, this is just that there was some more Star Trek stuff that was auctioned, and I wanted to report quickly on uh, the mm -hmm. prices that these things fetched. Okay. Of course, because they were things that Bill touched or wore, <laughs> they were very, very highly priced. Very pricey. So um, this was through um, one of the auction Heritage House or something like that, I forget. So um, one thing that was sold was one of his uh, tunics, one of the gold ones, uh -huh. with the V-neck and everything. And, and now you're the expert. Do you know what season that's from? Because you, you know, can usually tell by looking at the picture. I think it must be first or second. It's kind of hard looking at it. And, and this is a, a screen cap that was posted on mm. More Shatner, so I don't have the actual thing with all of it. Now, um, the bidding started at $6,000. <gasps> Started at six thousand dollars. It was expected to go for about fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my God! Where do you think it ended up? You didn't see while I was showing. No, you the I screen. didn't. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking thirty-two thousand forty. <gasps> oh my God! Yes. So one of his tunics went for forty thousand. That's four zero guys, not fourteen forty four zero forty thousand dollars. They also sold um, the Mirror Universe top with a sash. Oh, <sighs> and that went. It says. Wait, let me guess. Okay. What was the op what was the opening bid and stuff, uh, and what did they expect? It doesn't actually say what the opening bid was. There were only four bids on it. On the mirror one. On the mirror one. Okay, I'm gonna guess the other one went for forty. Mm -hmm. This one went for ninety-two thousand. <laughs> no, it wasn't that much. It says here. Who's it valuing these things? It, it went for. <laughs> Thirty-seven-five. You could get that cheaper than the other one. Yeah, I was with less, the sash, less, less material. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, if you um, say so. <laughs> so, the, hey, is this a snuggie? 
It is a Snuggie. No. I love it. I use it in the winter all the time. <laughs> it works for me, okay? I don't think I can be friends with you anymore. I don't even know Come who on. you are. I'm, I'm always cold. I will get a bathrobe. This is just a backwards bathrobe. I have a bathrobe. This is great. I use it. I use do you it. Wear, do you wear it at the same time as your bathrobe? No. Okay. I, I, when I'm sitting on this couch watching TV in the evening, I put it on. and I, I want a picture myself. of you sitting okay. on the couch watching TV in your Snuggie. I will have someone do that. You spawn of Satan. Okay, go, go on with what okay. you were saying. I've been touching a Snuggie. There was some reporting about this, and it was good enough that I wanted to read what it was. Okay. So, and this was posted to Moore Shatner, and I haven't clicked through to see where it was posted. Um, let's see. Two men battled over Kirk's season. Oh, it's season two tunic. So there we go. Oh, okay. I knew it was one or two. Bidding closed at $40,000. The guy who got the tunic wasn't terribly rich, said Joe Maddalena, owner of Profiles in History, which also conducted the December auction. They always have several every year. He was just a perfect example of a Star Trek fan in his mid to late 30s who saw the shirt and just had to have it. Oh, my God. Now, they also sold the chair, the actual chair. And here's a picture of it mm -hmm. from eBay. So... Um, that started at $80,000. So let me read what it says. And it went for 215 is my guess. Um, okay. Uh, so the guy who was the auctioneer, this is a little bit of information about him. It said, um, the guy who did the auctioning, Roman, is more than a man with a good-natured sense of humor. He is a smart professional auctioneer. A case in point was the sale at this auction of the Captain Kirk command chair. The battle for this item quickly came down to a contest between a gentleman on the floor and someone on the phone. The man on the floor raised his paddle quickly and continuously until the bid amount reached up around $200,000. At that point, he started to raise the paddle a little more slowly and exhibited some signs of strain. From 100000 to 250000 the bid increment was supposed to be $10,000. They were going up every yeah. bid at ten k. So the next acceptable bid that could be 200000 was supposed to be two ten. But Stacy Roman, perhaps noticing the signs of stress in the in-room bidder's body language, did something smart. He took the bid increment down and started accepting bids at $5,000. Mm. Slowly, little by little, the bidders ratcheted the price up until the in-room bidder finally declined to top the phone bidders. Ready? Mm -hmm. This is the winning price. $265,000. $265, After a few seconds pause, when it was clear that the bidder on the floor wasn't willing to or able to go higher, Stacy Roman dropped the hammer and sold Kirk's chair to the phone bidder for $265,000. Do you think he always the phone bidder? Now listen to this. This is really interesting. Of course, in addition to the $265,000 he bid, the winner must also cover the 15% buyer's premium. I never heard of a buyer's premium before. So I, that's I, on I, top I, of the Yeah. Wow. That brings the official price paid for the chair to $304,000. Adding California sales tax to that <gasps> figure brings it closer to three hundred and thirty. dollars According to Profiles in History, that simply makes this piece of Star Trek memorabilia the most coveted collectible in television history. Wow. We've never offered a collection of memorabilia of this magnitude before, and from the addicts of living legends, Bob Jessman, Herb Solo, and Matt Jeffries. Our last Star Trek auction was amazing, but this was off the scale. Um, and there was some other stuff they sold. Uh, a command insignia, an episode script, and a signed presentation letter from William Shatner went for $20,000, which doubled the high estimate. What's a presentation letter? Uh, I think it's just a letter from Bill saying, this is what it is, and I wore it, or this was on my, my shirt or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that. Um, and then the person who posted it said, 
<laughs> and by that, of course, Captain's chair, the Captain Kirk's chair is the most expensive mem Trek memorabilia ever. I love how Shatner stuff always doubles the estimates. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Well, his butt sat there a lot of times. Uh, oh, this was actually a while ago. This Does it still have the original here. gumdrops for buttons? <laughs> so the chair was sold back in um, 2002, and then the tunics were in 2006. Wow. So this is sort of a recap of some auction stuff. But I hadn't known that they went for this much money. <sighs> amazing. It's unbelievable. Um. Do you remember a few years ago where for a charity auction there was a, uh, a thing where you could bid on to win a visit to the set of Boston Legal oh, yeah, yeah. and to sit there and have yeah, cigars yeah. and brandy with uh, Bill? There is uh, a similar thing going on right now uh, where you can win a visit to the set and hang out with Bill uh, on Shit My Dad Says. Oh, wow. And I forget what the opening bid has to be, but it's, it's you know, something like $10,000. And the estimated value is $65,000. Holy crap. But I remember that the, the one to hang out with him on Boston Legal went very high. It did. It did. Well, you know, if it means one-on-one -on -one time with Bill, it's like the MasterCard commercial. It's priceless. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. But, you know, again, it's not the one-on-one -on -one time. And I'm not even talking about sex. <laughs> That we want. We we want to hang out with him like we're his friends. Yeah. Like he knows us. Not like, okay, he, he's doing this for charity or he's mm -hmm. doing it to promote the show or mm -hmm. whatever. Because, you know, I just keep having more and more Shatner dreams where you and I <laughs> are like hanging out at Bill's house, sitting around his kitchen table. Oh, man. Can you you know, talking yeah. and, and, you know, just strange things happening. And like the one where he drove the car into the lake and everything. I mean, that was a great dream. But... You know, that's the kind of experience I want. Yeah. We're we're his his friends. His friends, his buds, his yeah. pals. Have an adventure with Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything would be an adventure with him. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, if ordering we, coffee would uh, be. I was going to say going to Starbucks with Bill would be a uh -huh. huge adventure. Yep. Huge, just from beginning to end. Uh -huh. Every single bit of it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, all right, I tell you what, let's take a little break. Good, because I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty too. And then uh, we've got more stuff. I, I don't know, we'll have to think about what we want to do, but we'll, we'll do, do it. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We say it all the time, but I'll say it again. We love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. So, um, we first I have to say, oh my goodness, we just had such a delicious snack. <laughs> it was cooked. It was a cooked snack, it not was. a, not an, out of a, a bag or a box. No, no, it was cooked yeah, by from, Nabisco from snack. Real with real food. With that, real food, that I cut and put into a. a it dish. was delicious. Oh good, I'm so glad you liked it. So we both had things that we wanted to talk about. So you wanted to talk about Facebook. Yes. Now, as we know, mm -hmm. there is Talk Like William Shatner Day, mm -hmm. which is, of course, Bill's birthday, mm -hmm. March 22nd. Mm -hmm. There's also Talk Like a Pirate Day, which mm -hmm. just recently passed. Mm -hmm. um, if you go 
to Facebook where you can change your language. One of the languages is Klingon, mm -hmm. and one of them is pirate. Mm. I think we need to start a campaign for one of the languages to be Shatner. I like it's that. a media Bill hasn't conquered. And he could conquer it so easily. Imagine how many people would change their language preferences to Shatner Me. if given the chance. Me. Yeah, yeah, and obviously. you and, and all of our, our buddies and, and people who know I'm insane. Yeah. I, and, you know, I recently reconnected with an old friend and we talked and talked and had a great time for about three hours and finally she went, so what's this thing with Shatner? <laughs> and because and you said it is a thing. It is a thing, you know, but I'm, I'm just saying I think a lot of my friends and family members would do that just to please me. Oh, I just to so. keep me from going postal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree. I know lots of people who would do it. So what do you have to do? Do you have to sign a petition? I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Mm, okay. Um, but, you know, we, we've, got, we've got to go viral with it. Okay. I think Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's find out. And then I wonder how they actually do it. Like, would it just be um, putting ellipses inappropriately into to sentences or well as far as i know words in all caps or something you can you know you can you can type in shatner language yeah. it's just not officially recognized but they want to have an algorithm that does it for you i think well no because the people who have put their languages pirate aren't putting r's into their really? posts and the people who have put their languages klingon aren't doing whatever you do to to make something klingon it's just just a preference. This choice, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. It's just, it's just a meaningless choice. Well, those are sort of the best kind. They, they? They, they really <laughs> are because it's, it's like the opposite of a Sophie's choice. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a hard decision. Yeah. Um, there's no penalty. There's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like this. Um, so we need to find out, and and maybe some of our our people who are just really good about sending us stuff mm -hmm. and and posting and everything. Uh, maybe they know how, what happened to get Facebook people to make pirate and Klingon, Klingon languages. That's true. Well, I think we should start by posting this on our Facebook account. Yes. Just to generate some, some mm -hmm. interest from people. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe we, should, maybe we should make a video and put it on YouTube. And it wouldn't have to be one of us. We could just have one of the Captain Kirk dolls talking with us doing the voice for it and mm -hmm. saying that this is an important meaningless choice for people to make. I think that's the way we need to frame it. Yes. Is that it is a meaningless choice so that you should make it. And that it is a, 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 a choice issue and it's one that doesn't hurt or upset anybody. Exactly. And it's, it, it's perfect. I mean, we have so many tough decisions in our lives. Mm -hmm. We need something meaningless and frivolous that we can share as a community. If all of those people who signed up on Facebook for Bill to be the, the Lieutenant Governor of Canada changed it to Shatner, that what, that's like 300,000 mm -hmm. people right there. So. Well, and Bill is over the friend limit. Yeah, that's You right. can't even be his friend anymore. Yeah. Although we are all his friends we are in a very real friends. sense. We are his friends, we are his subjects, we are his <laughs> minions, we are his worshipers. It's Bill's world, and we, we just live in it. That's right. Yeah. So I, I like this idea. I think we should do it, and, and maybe we should brainstorm on some ideas about how to spread the word yes. around this. And we could start tweeting about it on a regular basis. Okay. Maybe what we need to do is to set up a, um, a special page within our Look at His Butt Facebook account, because then when we tweet it, that would put a link to send people to that page, and they could... Oh, add their like to it or, or vote. I don't really understand how that stuff works, but maybe Logan can help us with that. Okay, that would be great. Yeah, and that will give a destination where people can go and put their voice in. Yeah. That's right. Um, what was I going to say? 
I've forgotten. Go on to something else or continue talking. I did have well, I, I something like to say, idea. and it just went, Whoop. all right. This is a good idea, and we should do it, and it would um, be good Shatner activism. <laughs> Otherwise known as Shactivism. 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 I like that. Yeah. It's really good. All right. We're Shactivists. We are Shactivists. I like that. Very that's, much so. that's, that's really, really good. We're, we're bigger Shactivists well, than his family. certainly all the more Shatner people would, would be on it. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. All the Star Trek fans. Yeah, everybody would. Who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to? <laughs> Come on. What kind of dork would not want to have Shatner for his language? Because if somebody saw that about you, it speaks volumes about your good taste no, and your no, sense no. of humor. It speaks volumes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I think about on our page you. where we give the... Um, information we have to write that in Shatner's speech. Oh yeah, so people get the idea. Okay, this is really good. We have to we have to do something. Okay, great. I like that idea. Okay, I have a different idea. Okay, which is not as as social, but I think it's a good idea anyway. So um, listeners may know that there um, in in the skeptical circles, people are really into having these meetings called skeptics in the pub. And it's really an excuse to go out and drink with people that you like. But they often have speakers at these events. Not always, but all. And, and it's very informal. Someone will just get up and, and talk about something that's of interest to the community. And sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's funny. It's just meant to be more like a comedy act than anything else. Um, but they're interesting. And anybody can do a skeptics in the pub kind of thing. And pretty much they'll take anybody who's got something interesting to talk about. So I was thinking... So it doesn't necessarily have to be a skeptical topic? Uh, it's good if it's related in okay. some way, but uh, there have been ones that are strictly just science. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's about, you know, physics. Okay. And some of them are about atheism, and some of them are about, um, you know, tabloid newspapers, and some of them are about bad PR. And it's just, it can be on, on a variety of subjects okay. as long as it'll be interesting. So I had an idea for, for a Skeptics in the Pub talk. And I wanted to pitch it to you and then also to our listeners to see what they thought about it. I thought this, this would actually be pretty interesting. My talk would be about why it's better to watch Star Trek than Star Wars if you're a skeptic. I love it. It's for a lot of reasons. And a lot of them we've talked about on the show yes, already. Yes, yes. But I thought if I could consolidate it and give actual examples from Star Trek episodes and from the Star Wars movies, I think I could make a really strong case that if you're really a skeptic, you're a Trekkie. I mean, you can like Star Wars and watch it and all mm -hmm. that, but really, really and truly, you want to be a Trekkie because that's where it all happens. And I want to focus on TOS because that's really my area of expertise, although we could bring in some examples from TNG and some of the others. But it's really in TOS, you know? We talked mm -hmm. about how kind of every episode and every movie where they encounter something that could be kind of mystical and unknown, it just turns out to be aliens. Right. It has a reasonable explanation and yeah. also specifically God. Yeah. Every time they've encountered something that said it was a God, and they had a great TNG episode of this too. That's right, yeah. Um, it turned out to be somebody pulling a scam. Yeah, exactly. And even in Deep Space Nine, when they had the, the, the Bajorans, they mm -hmm. turned out to be wormhole aliens, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's what they called them, the wormhole aliens. <laughs> So That's any, kind of insulting. So anyway, I just thought this would be an interesting talk. I think it's great. Now, to me, the challenge of doing it is um, I could easily come up with, you know, millions mm -hmm. of examples of Star Trek. I saw the first Star Wars movie, and mm -hmm. I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I went and saw the other two, and I barely remember them at all. Mm -hmm. And I've never watched any of it since and never gotten involved with it. So mm -hmm. I have really no idea of what's at the heart of it, except for the things you and I have talked mm -hmm. about um, as, as far as the idea that 
in in Star Trek, you can become the captain of a of, of a mm-hmm. of a starship or whatever it is that your ambition is. And in Star Wars, you have to be born in this select few. Mm-hmm. So. I think you're going to, I don't know, maybe you know a lot more about Star Wars than I think you do, but you may have to get um, some Star Wars yeah. uh, geek I probably will. to, I mean, to help you. And that's going to be tricky because they're going to want to prove Star, Star Wars. Wars is better. Well, I, I have the three movies on videotape. They're sitting mm-hmm. over there. There they are. They're right up on my top shelf. Okay. I, they got them. I got those from um, when I went to the ranch, Lucas. Ranch. Oh right, right. That was okay. one of the lovely parting gifts that I was given, which How was very really nice. nice. Yeah. So I've I've watched them a number of times, and I do know some people who are, are fairly deeply into Star Wars mythology. So I think it'll be fine, and there can be a lot of examples to come up with. And I don't want it to come off as me saying Star Wars is shit because it's not. No. You know, it's perfectly fine for what it is, but approaching it from the skeptical point of view. Really, it's Star Trek that that embraces that, and that is a um, a more appealing mythology yeah. from a skeptical point of view. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. I love okay. it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Are you going to um, get this together and then go to Liverpool to do it? <laughs> I could. They do have a Skeptics in the pub in Berkeley. Oh darn! So I could go there. But you know, if it was if I did it and people liked it, I could take it on the road. I'll go with you on the road. Yeah. I'll be a roadie. I, uh, I swear to God, I'll be a roadie. Uh, it could be a traveling show, and I'll just take it wherever somebody wants me to give this talk. And it could be, you know, updated and modified, according, seeing if the jokes are better here or there. The space carnival? <laughs> <laughs> it could be a permanent stall at the space carnival, and I could do this talk like every every two hours. Okay. People would come in and pay their dollars. And eventually, we'd get an animatronic you, like, <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln at um, Disney World. Well, eventually, I'd, I'd make a I'd make a YouTube video of it, and then it would be forever, and people could see it whenever they want to. And millions of years from now, mm-hmm. when Captain Kirk and company visit this planet, <laughs> and they find this tape still running, yeah, and it's you, uh huh, giving this really fantastic talk, mm-hmm. they'll go, "Damn, she's smart and hot and." And she's right. I don't even know what Star Wars is, and she's right. We better go. We better go over to the head museum and find hers head in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I, have this I hope that my head and your head are, are, are next right to next to each, each other, so we can talk all the time. I've, I've we watched, would drive the other heads crazy. I've been watching a little bit of Futurama lately. I forgot how much they had stolen from Star Trek. Oh, I mean, the door opening noises, the phaser noises, the communicator noises. Just there is so much woven into it that mm-hmm. is direct from Star Trek. And in fact, we saw one, um, oh, one of the movies that they'd made recently because they went from doing the series to doing um, multi parts that mm-hmm. they put into movies. And it was Bender's big score. And part of it was that everybody had to leave Earth through mm-hmm. various things. And. Um, they had lots of heads in jars, and Leonard Nimoy's head was in there. And I couldn't quite tell if, if Shatner's head was next to him, but you could see his head in there. So that was good. But yeah, lots and lots of Star Trek jokes in Futurama. Okay, yeah. so that's good. You like it? I love I, it. I want to know if other people think this is a good idea. Like, would you come to hear me talk about this? Of course. So I'll get to work. And I'll I said start. I would be your roadie. That's fantastic. So I'll start putting some stuff Especially together. if you're going to Liverpool. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. I wonder, hmm... You know, I just wonder if this would go over as well in in other countries as in the United States. I guess so. I guess Trekkies I, are Trekkies, right? It really I, Star Trek and Star Wars are are, are worldwide, as mm-hmm. far as I know. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't take it to 
to, to China. Yeah. Or, or maybe you can. I don't know. But certainly um, most of the countries you and I could name <laughs> where they speak English would be receptive to this. Yeah. That's good. All right. This is good. Very good. I like it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it just kind of came to and me. And if you don't mind being booed and having things thrown at you, you could do it at a creation con. That is true. But the Star Wars people would go fucking they, nuts. They would, even though, you know, I'm... I even would, though you're right. I'm prefacing it by saying there is nothing against Star Wars. It doesn't matter. They'll freak out. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Yay. That's, that's a that's thing. That's a wonderful that's idea. That's a thing that's going to come out of the show. It's yeah. going to be a look at his You've got production. a bug now that you were so well-received in Vegas. <laughs> Despite having to rush through and and having... soon you're going to be able to request things like jars of M and M's with no black ones. And... Can I tell you one thing though about this trip to Vegas? <laughs> yes. And for the for the listeners, I had for business, I had to go to Vegas and give a talk. Um, when I got to the airport, there was a guy holding a sign with my name on it. <gasps> they had sent a car from the hotel to pick me up, and he had my name, and it was spelled right and everything. I was waiting for you know spinal tarp, but yeah, he, he had it printed out, and he was waiting, and it was it was completely awesome that's the first time that's ever happened to me and i really oh. liked it <laughs> i am so jealous oh my god that is wonderful it was very 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 cool wow <laughs> you do need a roadie i wanted some... and when you got up there did he take your bag and he everything did. And, and did he call you ma'am um yeah i think he did he was wearing a suit <laughs> That was the most impressive thing. Yeah, that it wasn't a guy in a t-shirt and it, jeans. No. <laughs> and a baseball he, cap. He was a guy in a suit. We had a very, it wasn't a limo, but it was a very nice town car that, that he picked me up in. And the thing was, I was wishing someone was with me. Yes! To experience it. Because when you're by yourself, you're like, this is pretty fucking cool. But there's nobody to like elbow and go, look at this. Someone's I picking know. us up. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that was, that was very, pretty awesome. I'm very impressed. Um, and people who follow me on Twitter will see that, that I, I was tweeting about it a little bit. I took some pictures mm -hmm. and, and said um, various things about the conference, which was interesting. So, anyhow. Okay. Um, let's take another break. Okay. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do in the last segment. But um, that, that was good. I'm glad we talked about those two ideas. Action-oriented. Bill would be very proud of us mm -hmm. for thinking about, like, things that we could do, not just yes. talk. So that made no sense, A. Eh? <laughs> It made no sense to me, to you, to anybody. I, I doubt it made any sense to the actors either. It, it made sense to that butler. Of all the, the things Bill has, has done, TV, film, everything that makes no sense, this makes less sense. That's true. This makes less sense than all of their senselessness put together. <laughs> what we're talking about <laughs> is the very first movie that Bill was ever in at all, just ever. Very right. first film. 19... Beating out Bo Brothers Karamazov by yeah. a huge margin. 1951. 1951. He, he was, was 20, 20. 20 years old with his own hair. Uh-huh. And looking, I don't know, 17. Yeah, something like that. And it was called The Butler's Night Off. And it was made in Canada, <laughs> in Montreal. You could tell. And um, 
We, it's available now uh, via some Canadian website. I found it via Moore Shatner, and it was streaming there, but you could also download it, so I did, and that's how we watched it. I think it's still probably streaming at their site, so I'll put a link up for it. But um, it, it was a story that made no sense whatsoever. And the only way it could make sense was if this butler was totally omniscient. Yes, that's the word I was going to use. And I, <laughs> So Bill plays... A thug. A thug. A young thug. A henchman, a, a as henchman it were. With... An, an apprentice henchman. Yeah. Who, because, and we know he's a trainee <laughs> because he wears white socks. <laughs> and since most of his scenes take place at night yeah. in the dark. You really see those socks. You could always tell where Bill was because it was white socks, white socks, white socks. <laughs> and loafers or something. And loafers. But, um, oh. yeah, so, you know, he, he gets to beat somebody up and, mm-hmm. and they accidentally kill him. And he gets to do some, I mean, anybody who thinks Bill is doing weird line readings now. <laughs> there's not all the Shatner pauses, but there's just this this air of, I've got to make myself stand out. So Yeah, so I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something I weird. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to do something. And you can also tell he's a very young actor because he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Yeah, he's he, doing a lot of hand moving around. I've got, I, and of holding them. And, and at first it's like, okay, he's a, he's a tough guy, yeah. you know, and clenching his fists and, and cracking his knuckles. But then he's always doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a comfort thing. But, <sighs> um... Yeah, and then he gets knocked unconscious at the end during a pillow fight. With children. With or the children. Group of children. So just to recap the plot, such oh, as it is. Oh, yeah, um, I would love to I hear could, this. Um, there's a, a, a guy named Roger Lavash. <laughs> um, he has a girlfriend who's rich. And her dad. Mary. Mary. And they all have, except for Roger Lavash, they all have this sort of um, slightly British mid-Atlantic accents that mm-hmm. people did in like the 40s. You know? Right. Uh, so her dad is rich, and he's going to give Roger Lavash money to start a summer camp for disadvantaged little boys. Um, but they're also in love, and that causes problems. And I, I would never was sure why that was a problem, that she was in love with him. There was no explanation for why the rich dad got so bent out of shape over that. Or why she had not told him she was the rich girl. Yeah, you I know. didn't get that either. Anyway. So... Um, Things, in the, things happen. <laughs> well, I'll just jump in here. In okay. the meantime... In the meantime, yeah, there is... The, the, right. the, the, uh, the rich guy's butler yeah. has had a night out where he semi-witnessed Bill and his gang mm-hmm. beating someone up and accidentally killing him and taking him to this alley full of garbage and putting him in a, a, a conveniently sized box <laughs> yes. and driving off. Mm-hmm. And... That was in the meanwhile. Right, and he sort of just stored that knowledge for some future event. And he is desperately in love with Mary right? in a, a stalkerish so, way. So we were waiting for these two plot lines to come together, which they did about 40 minutes into the movie. Um, so uh, the dad gets pissed off and doesn't want to give Roger Lavash the money, and so Mary convinces <laughs> Roger... Now she can, this this is the plot. This actually happened in the plot. I'm not making mm-hmm. this up. She convinces Roger to break into their house while she and her rich dad are out at a party and steal some bonds that are hidden in a safe that he can just take and and apparently they're like cash and he can endorse them and then somehow when they get money later on she's going to pay that money back in to herself. To herself. Yeah. 
So she convinces him to do it, and then he goes to do it. Wait, wait. So, oh. She tells the butler to take the night off. Oh, right. But he doesn't. But he doesn't because he knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. So this is where the two plots intersect. Somehow the omniscient butler decides in order to trip up Roger Lavash. <laughs> this <laughs> is sounding so much more sensible when you say it than, if, than when we watched it. Um, He's going to go to the dark alley, retrieve the dead body, bring it back, and plant it in the rich dad's house so that it looks like Roger Lavash killed someone while he was trying to rob the house. Even though this guy's been dead now for over 24 and hours. And probably stinks to high heaven. Yeah. So he does. All of that. That happens. We don't see any of it happen, no. but we kind of see him go back to where the body is. Yeah. And then <sighs> the dead body. And then I was thinking that the, the butler, you know like the Grinch, has the strength of ten men because <laughs> he's, he's able to, um, plus two, he's able to take this dead body out of the fruit box, put it in his car, take it to the rich dad's house, drag it up the steps, and leave it in the drawing room or wherever they were. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. Bill and his friends are getting bitched out by this... By the boss. Uh, by the boss who's got a... Bird named Laura oh, that he discusses everything. Yeah, he's in love with his parrot. Okay. And one of the gangsters actually says, "Please don't discuss this with Laura." <laughs> right. So they. So then the the gangsters. I wish we had a good name for them. They weren't spanking gangsters. No, they were. I don't know. Well, you know what they were. They were Canadian they, gangsters. They were. They were Canadian gangsters. Very polite. Um, <laughs> they went back to retrieve the dead body from the alley. Of course, not looking in the box. No. They get back to um, Mr. Laura, whatever his name was, the guy who's married to the parrot. And, <laughs> and then they open the box, and it turns out that there's a drunk guy in the box because the butler had stolen the real dead guy, so they've got the wrong body. Um, and the drunk guy's fine. He's just drunk. <laughs> So then they have to go find the real dead body, and one of them remembers that they saw the butler leaving the, the dark alley, so they go look for him. And I don't really understand how they decided who he was. Wasn't, wasn't the, the, uh, the head gang? <laughs> I've lost you, and I saw the movie. <laughs> so they have to find out where the butler is. So, so the head gangster, the one who's married to the butler. <laughs> Sorry. That's the only way I can think of him now. The one who's married to the parrot. <laughs> he calls someone to find out who this butler is. And who the car belonged to. Okay. Yes, that it's, was that. Uh, somebody at the DMV. The yeah. Canadian DMV. The Canadian DMV. The right. CDMV. So, Where in the middle of the night they very politely uh, give you this information. So this is all happening in one night. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's the other thing you need to know is that these events are happening very quickly. And at some point... Okay, so, okay, so then all the gangsters go to the house mm -hmm. and... Roger Lavash has just discovered the body. Right. And he tries to run away. And, then and the gangsters him. get him. Okay, and yes. And then he goes away. Yeah. So in the meantime, Mary has come back and seen the dead body and convinces the butler that they have to go save Roger Lavash's butt. And then the dad comes home and sees the dead body and wants to call the police because he thinks that Roger Lavash murdered this guy. And then we don't find out and anything. And that's what the butler intended. Right. So we don't kind of figure out anything about them except... They're at the house, and they think they're going to go to, to Roger's office, right? That's where we but, leave them. But meanwhile, the White Sox gang... <laughs> that's it. That's good. ...is beating up Roger Lavash, or threatening to, because yeah. it's Canadian. They, <laughs> they can only threaten. Right. And the butler gets there and, and sets the door on fire. fire. Yeah. 
And then they all run out. And because it's dark, you can't tell who's who, except one guy runs down the stairs and one leaps over the railing. Who do so you think that was? Who do you think, that, do you think was? that was? We were like, ah, oh, that was it. So they're in separate cars with the, the White Sox gang chasing Roger Lavash mm -hmm. and, and, the butler, and the butler. Who, who rescued him. Who yeah. rescued and him. And he, by the way, he rescues Roger Lavash because... Um, Mary has pleaded with him and he finally understands that she's really in love with him and that even though he's stalking her, he'll never get her. Right. So he has a change of heart. So the, the White Sox gang is driving along with Bill hanging out the window, window. shooting, right. just through the streets of Montreal. <laughs> and then at one point... It was, and, and it was a, a car chase that took place at about 35 miles an yes, hour, Yes, yes, the they way. were taking the corners pretty damn slowly. But then at one point, Bill pulls back into the car and says to, <laughs> to the guy who's married to the bird, um, can I borrow your gun? It's like he doesn't say, I'm out of bullets. <laughs> can I borrow your oh, gun? Oh, wait, wait, there was another great Bill line. When, when Mr. Laura <laughs> yes. told him to, to go find the real dead body, right. Bill kind of looks around and goes, What'll I do? <laughs> you think that was ad-libbed? Yeah, he been. didn't know his line. But nobody else knew their lines. Really? So um, then it all ends up back at Roger Lavash's office where, where he's left all these like six- and seven-year-old children sleeping on their own. Uh -huh. and, and he takes these gun-wielding gangsters back there because that's always a good idea yes. to endanger children who are entrusted to you. And they end up having a pillow fight. And then the police show up. Yes. Along and, with Mary and her rich dad. And, and suddenly everything is okay. Um, oh, the, the, Mr. Laura is allergic to all the feathers, feathers too. Right, so that was hilarious. So, so why he has a, he's married to a bird. bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the children knock everyone out, and then the police show up, and they take the gangsters. And Bill gets knocked out. In fact, there he's dragged out by, you know. By the, the children. Yeah. And then um, it's happy. Except the butler... <laughs> sees them all being happy and and he goes outside feeling and, and, really sad and, and we thought he was going to go kill himself yes <laughs> and he tosses away mary's picture and then off screen we hear a girl yell help and the butler goes running off i'll save you miss and yeah so he has a new career as a superhero butler as a stalker as too a stalker butler superhero maybe he he's in training to you know become alfred batman's butler kind of thing i don't know maybe so but um that was the end of the White Sox gang, and um, I believe it's based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill was in it for a total of, what, maybe three minutes? No, I'd give him seven. Seven minutes, okay. And, and he, most of this was like a silent movie. It was. There was a lot of things going on with, with canned music, very, but somebody had been very careful to pick the right canned music. Yes. And shot badly. But Bill has his own hair, and it's very false. It is. But it's also much lower on his brow yes. than, than any of as, his tubes. As we had observed. And um, he, he, has, he has a part where he punches a, um, when they're first looking for the guy that they eventually kill. They're searching for him in like a dry cleaners or a dress shop or something. Oh, yeah. And, and Bill punches a mannequin. <laughs> but did you notice that the way he did it was very Bill? Yeah. You know, he sort of like, like got down in a squat. And he punched using his whole body and yes. then, like, you know, turned his shoulders as he did it. That was very built. And then there was another scene later on when whatever the fuck was happening. But he did that thing where he, he kind of bends his knuckle and puts it up to his mouth. He doesn't yes. actually chew on it, but he yes. kind of puts it up to his mouth. Very built. Yes, very built. So those were established quite early on, those little mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And he's still doing it. Well, I got to say, this movie should give hope 
to young actors everywhere because look at the legendary, beyond legendary, iconic status this man has achieved from being, I don't know, was he Clarabelle Lavash on the Canadian <laughs> Howdy Doody show? Um, and, and this, you, you know, okay, looking at this movie, if somebody said one of these people is going to become a superstar, you would have said Laura, right. the parrot. I mean, you know, because... Oh, or the bartender. I or like the bartender. Him. He was good, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I like the drunk. You've got to tell about that know, one scene. Well, oh, I man. Say was, we haven't even told our listeners half of the stuff that happens in this movie. I mean, we told you a lot of crazy <laughs> shit. There was a lot of stuff we left out, including this one scene, which we will tell you about now, where... Okay, so this is the part where the butler's had a change of heart, and he has to figure out where the White Sox gang took the drunk who was the wrong body. Right. So he goes to a dive, a bar, that looked like a speakeasy, even though this was 1951, and there was no, well, it was Canada, so there was no prohibition anyway. It was kind of a, a, a whorehouse. It was a whorehouse, and there were some very loose women walking around, and we assume that Bill did them all. Yes. So and the, Mary. Yeah. So he goes in, and he's pretending to be drunk, and he's sort of talking to himself the way I, I guess drunk people in movies do, um, and saying, "Oh, they took the wrong body. They took the wrong body. They took the wrong body." And the guy sitting next to him at the bar hears this, immediately jumps up and makes a phone call to pass the word around. Like this is, um, uh, uh, bye bye birdie. Oh, I was, was going to say underground Twitter. No, no, it's like <laughs> bye bye birdie, whereas the girls are all calling each other on the telephone. So this is what he's doing. He calls someone who calls someone else, and there's a very weird montage of like Fellini extras who are all laughing to each other about haha the gangsters got the wrong body. But this montage took five seconds. It was weird. It scared us both. I mean we both <laughs> went like, ah <laughs> And then okay, so this is where the butler is on mission. The the game of the telephone ends up with the phone on the bar ringing and the drunk girl, the drunk prostitute sitting on the end picks it up and gets told the story that the gangsters had the wrong body. She hangs up the phone and then tells him where they took the wrong body to, and that's how he knows where to go find the gangsters and set their door on fire. Whoa! <laughs> and wait, <laughs> to make this all the more strange, and perhaps Fellini-esque, at the phone, when the guy first makes the call, there's a sign that says, this phone ain't free. Yeah. Give Please, because it's Canadian, please give five cents to the pig. Yeah. And it turned out pig is the, bar the bartender's bartender. name. So we got a pig and a bird running this whole thing. Crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Just insane. So now we've watched that. And I, you know, what What must it have been like? Okay, it's 1951. You're in Canada. You're going out on a date with your boyfriend. Let's go see this movie. This looks fun. And you go and you sit down. And this is what you see as your entertainment. I mean... Do you, do you go demand your Nickelback or whatever that you played to see this Do you movie? think this ever played anywhere? It said it was a Canadian film. I assume it was released to the movies. Well, somebody making, you know, a home movie in Toronto is a Canadian film. I think this was a real movie that was released actually in the cinemas. And here's here's something else really interesting. He was billed as as Bill, Bill Shatner. Shatner. Well, he was called Billy when he was younger. So yeah, so maybe he had maybe he didn't become William in mm -hmm. programs and billings and stuff until he became Shakespeare. You know? Yeah, perhaps. But um, wow, that that was just a very very crazy crazy thing. And most of the time, we were really puzzled. <clears throat> and really wishing for the exposition police to show yeah, up. But you know what the exposition police would have done? 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't make head nor tail of this one. There were several parts where Mary was acting like the exposition police, but it didn't actually help. The things that she was providing exposition for were just plot details. Mm -hmm. Like the thing about how they were going to get the money to pay back the bonds that Roger Lavash was going to steal. It was like... That doesn't help me. That yeah, doesn't yeah. Plot um, point. I, I think the butler killed the exposition police. Oh, that could be. And so, as I said to you, um, when I saw this and I saw the title, "The Butler's Night Off," I thought it was going to be sort of a Noel Cowardish farce. Yes, or light comedy. A light comedy. And this movie really could not make up its mind what it was. Was it uh, a comedy? Was it a drama? Was it um, sort of a light-hearted romp? <laughs> was it a was it a, a, a an animal film? An animal film. <laughs> what was it? A Keystone Cops movie? You know, there were there was one scene. Okay, so you were saying that they were Canadian um, gangsters, so it wasn't. Except when the butler is just about to set the door on fire with mm-hmm. booze, and by the way, that doesn't actually work. They did that on MythBusters. <laughs> um, so they're they're punching, they're slapping Roger Lavash like very lightly, lightly, very lightly. But then the head gangster, Mr. Laura, is about to gouge his eyes out. He walks over with his like with his thumbs out, yeah. like he's gonna just totally squish his eyeballs. And I was like, holy fuck! And the it. thing is, I think Bill was gonna do it, and then Mr. Laura went, "No, hold him, I'll do it myself." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the bird, I believe that was a shot of the bird. I think was the, it? I think the bird may have put its head under its wing like, I'm not watching oh, this. Okay. So, yeah, it went from being this sort of comical ha-ha-ha like Fish Called Wanda gangsters to <laughs> we're going to gouge this man's eyes out. And that was very, very disturbing. <laughs> but first, let's put French fries up his nose. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was insane. That was a really it insane It was total movie. insanity. Do you think Bill remembers anything about that movie? It was his first movie, so I thought maybe, like, in the back of his brain there's this memory. Well, he, um, Bill has decided to believe his own mythology Mm, mm -hmm. in many ways and would have us believe that he went straight for, straight from Canadian Children's Theater of the Air or something to Stratford to Brothers Karamazov Mm -hmm. was his first movie. So, I don't know. I bet he does. Somewhere in his brain, I bet he remembers this You know what I think, though? Part of why this movie made as little sense as it did was I don't think a single one of the actors was given the whole script. Oh, really? I think they were given sides. And sides are this really cheap way of distributing scripts Mm -hmm. um, where it'll say, like, um, Mr. Laura dot, 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 and it'll give you the last three words he says, and then your line is written out in full. Uh-huh. And so you don't know what anybody else is saying or what's going to come out of their mouth, but when Mr. Laura says, be there next Tuesday, uh-huh. you know you have to say, what will I do? You know, or whatever. <laughs> I really think nobody had anything but sides. I think you're probably right. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. It, it was incredibly, incredibly confusing. And... Um, the editing didn't help. There was some really, really fucked up editing in this. Plus, there were these these blank spots that we assumed were TV commercials. Yeah, because they, they it, it was just that sort of break yeah. that you see when you when they put a TV show on DVD and obviously they take out yeah. the commercials. Wow, that was wacky. Well, um, I, I, I have to tell you, I enjoyed your analysis of it a lot more than I enjoyed watching the thing. Well, it helps when you can name your main character Roger Lavash, <laughs> which was not his name, by the way. And the man who's married to the bird. 
<laughs> the parrot. I think his name was actually Roger LaRoche. But I like the first Actually, it was Roger LaRoche. Oh, that's true. But that's I like, like Pippi Le Pew. <laughs> I like calling him LaVache better because I yes. thought it was the first time they said it. That's what I thought he said. He had a very, it was difficult to understand his accent. But it was a French-Canadian accent. It was, and he was speaking very quickly and... Um, it was badly written, so it you know. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. Yeah, very, very The bad. triple threat. Oh. So, okay, we have just seen, I believe that is the youngest Bill I have ever seen outside of, like, some family photographs. Yeah. So um, the thing that we watched, um, you and I watched this, it was a TV thing that he was on. Do you remember? With Boris Karloff? And no. Boris Karloff shot a duck? <laughs> it was the thing with the family that lived by the the river. And That's the one that where he got so wet. Oh, okay. Was that not Boris Karloff uh, playing the dad? And Bill was on a crutch? Yeah. And he got so wet. He got wet. Now, that was after this. Yes. Yeah. And that was made in America. Right. So I think he was still living in Canada. Mm-hmm. Maybe he went to New York for that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is... Okay, landmark. Youngest 51. Bill we've seen. 51. 51. 20 years old. Two oh. zero. Look oh. good. Look and how many good. women do you think he'd racked up by then? Oh, hundreds. He was hundreds. well into four digits. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty. Did, I was wondering about Mary, whether he had slept with her. You notice they weren't actually in any scenes together. That, that doesn't Didn't matter. Him. They were just hanging around the mm-hmm. set and stuff. Yeah. All right. That makes he wasn't sense. in the scene with all the hookers either. That's true. I wonder if one of them was his hooker. Oh. Remember he talks about, well, you haven't read this part of the book, but I, t- I told you about he became friends with yeah. a, a hooker and she was his his prostitute. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he got her. Well, this, I believe that was during his Stratford days. So, mm. hmm. well, we'll never know. So I can't, in good conscience, um, encourage people to go watch this. <laughs> no. You can if you want to, but mm-hmm. it will be your decision, listener. Yes. You have to de- decide in your heart if you want to take an hour out of your life mm. to watch this. Well, and unlike the ridiculous badness that is impulse, mm. which I feel every Shatner person should be compelled to watch. Yes. This is one you can skip now that we've told you about it, yeah. unless you want to watch just enough of it to see young White Sox Bill. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, maybe what I could do if I ever had some time would be to make a compilation and put it on YouTube of just the scenes that Bill's in, because then it would be, you know, seven minutes of Bill, and you'd never have to watch it. And it would make as much sense as, as sitting through an hour of this. the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. So I maybe agree. if I can get around to do that, I still need to figure out how to convert it from a flash file to a regular manipulable file. Whatever. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap up our show. Well, yes, and listeners, this is probably the last show for a while Mm -hmm. where we will be recording in the same room, face-to-face. The next show after this is going to be relying on fucking technology. Yeah, which I hope we can make work. Well, we got the technology to work for this. Mm -hmm. And and you're a genius, (laughs) you know, when it comes to, to fucking technology. So I have... I have no doubts that we will soon be watching things together via WebEx mm-hmm. and talking to each other via Skype and hopefully doing some video conferencing so yes. that we can, you know, really talk to each other. That will be good. That will be very good. So uh, so this is great. Um, and if you do decide to take an hour out of your life and watch this <laughs> ridiculous movie, let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Join us in our quest to get um, Shatner as a language on Facebook. And let me know what you think about the idea of skeptics in the pub, Star Wars versus Star Trek. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. We, we get things done. Like, Sometimes. We're like Bill. Sometimes we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we made Chatmoy happen. That's true, and it will continue to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of Chatmoy. All right, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Thank you.